Utah fans, welcome into the fourth episode of Believe in Utes. I'm your host, Jake Popoff. Time to recap a disappointing game versus Northwestern, to say the least. The Utes only put up seven points, and those seven points did not come until the fourth quarter. But to find a silver lining, I guess it is nice to say that that fourth quarter touchdown did come from Makai Bernard, who I have talked quite a big, quite a bit about on this podcast in the last few episodes. Makai is a playmaker through and through. We have seen that in seasons prior, and we've seen it again in this bowl game versus Northwestern. After missing 11 games for the Utes, uh, Makai Bernard, the last time we had seen him in action before this bowl game, was against the home opener against Florida, where he was the starting running back, right? He split some reps with the other guys, JJ and Jay Glove. But I, I think it was crucial and, and very, very positive to see Makai Bernard right back at it, right back in action. It seemed like he hadn't missed a game. Uh, I think he was running fresh. He was running uh, like he like he had something to prove, right? He was trying to remind this Utah fan base and just the college football fan base who he is and what he is about. Uh, of course, got that fourth quarter touchdown and uh, and and tried to get that spark going for the Utes, right? I think uh, that was a touchdown that really should have kicked us into gear and got the Utes back on track to winning that game and putting up more points. But that just clearly wasn't the case. Could not get the offense going whatsoever. 200 total yards right around that ballpark. Total yards of offense. And that's just not going to do it against any team. I mean, we could, you know, I think if we were faced up against a junior college out there, it it just didn't seem like our offense would have done much better. Obviously, we didn't see Devon Vele playing as he's declared for the draft. We also did not see... Uh, much of Landon King, he was playing, but uh, didn't seem like he had too many targets going. Uh, but definitely talking about the quarterback situation, I think as Utah fans, we're definitely curious as to why we didn't see Brandon Rose get put in the game, why maybe we didn't give Luke Batari a better chance. Uh, Bryson Barnes just looked like he had his mind on the transfer portal. He did not seem like he was going into that game ready to deliver a final message to the Utah community. And it just didn't seem like he really had that spark in him to kind of close this Utah football chapter on a good note, right? A total of minus two rushing yards. Uh, I mean, on how many attempts? 16 attempts rushing for Bryson Barnes for a total of negative two yards is brutal to say the least, right? Uh, the Northwestern defense was getting into the backfield all game long. And I don't think that that was necessarily due to the offensive line missing blocks or the running backs missing uh, blitz pickups. I think that was simply Bryson Barnes being indecisive and not knowing where to go with the ball. And, and you know, the longer you sit in that pocket, like, like a deer staring down some sights, that's just, uh, that's never going to be a recipe for success. So, while we sit here upset about the outcome of the Las Vegas Bowl, there are still some silver linings and some takeaways that we can hold on to moving into next season. And again, I mentioned Makai Bernard is definitely that key takeaway. The only touchdown scorer for the Utes 
he only had nine carries, which I would I, I think other Utah fans and myself can agree that we would have liked to see some more carries for Makai, right? Uh, Jalen Glover had 16 carries, um, looked okay. You know, he was he had a, uh, his longest rush was 12 yards. He was doing all right on the ground, did have the fumble late in the game. Um, but I think Makai Bernard should have been getting more carries. Obviously, nine carries for 31 yards and a touchdown, uh, 3.4 yards on average, but was getting first downs, right? There was a couple couple stuffed runs, but for the most part was getting first downs. And that's something that he has always done and I think will continue to do. When he gets the ball in his hands, he hits the hole hard, and uh, and he just finds ways to extend plays, you know, whether that's going through someone, going around someone, you know, driving through a pile of guys. He's going to find ways to get first downs, and I think the Utes need to continue to rely heavily on number two moving into next season. We don't know for sure if Makai is returning for the 2024 season going into the Big 12, but we do we do have a pretty good guess. And again, when Cam Rising announced his return, Makai sort of hinted at his return as well, um, similar to the likes of guys like Micah Pittman, uh, Brant Keithy, Thomas Yasmin. So we do know that we still have offensive weapons going into next season. And the one thing that we have to look forward to, Cam Rising's return. Clearly, a quarterback obviously makes a difference out there on the field, and uh, and Bryson Barnes made a difference in this game in the sense that he wasn't making a difference, and that was spreading across the offense. Guys weren't feeling very confident. You could see it even through the TV. You could tell that guys didn't really feel as though the offense had any sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? The offense just could not find a rhythm is ultimately what it boils down to. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's another key takeaway from this game. The defense looked good, and we had a lot of backups in, right? We had, you know, obviously Sione Vaki wasn't playing, uh, Cole Bishop wasn't playing, and, and uh, JT Broughton wasn't playing. You know, so we had some guys that were out, but the guys that were in were still making those Utah defensive plays, right? We saw a backup linebacker and Hayden Fury make some pretty good plays. We saw Lavani Damuni, who I've mentioned as being a key member of that defense that's returning for 2024, make some some big plays, hit some guys pretty hard. Um, and our defensive front did look good. Uh, you, know, you know, Northwestern's rushing game was held to only 65 yards. So obviously our run defense was doing well. Um, and they only passed for 225 yards, which typically is a great defensive showing if you you know if you hold a team to only 225 passing yards and 65 rushing yards um you know holding a holding an offense to under 300 yards combined is a good defensive outing however when you have an offense that simply cannot do anything obviously you know what the outcome is going to be of a game like that so as we sit here we we can be disappointed about this game and we can look at this game as, you know, uh, just a complete lack of, of, of Utah character. You know, I don't think we've seen a, a, a Utah football game where our guys just looked that deflated, but really what we should be doing is focusing on next season. You know, I made a comment on, on an Instagram post recently that said, you know, uh, the best Christmas gift is finding out that Utah football announces their return for 2024. Kind of a joke. Like, 
you know, we're getting excited when players are announcing that they're deciding to stay. Um, we're getting upset when players are announcing that they are leaving. But the one thing that we have to rely on is that Utah football will be back in 2024 and they will be putting up a fight in the Big 12. And we have a and we have a big opportunity in 24 to really redeem this season. We've lost, what is it, five bowl games in a row now, if you go back to 2018, which is not good for the national brand, to say the least. You have to win bowl games if you want to continue to be in that top 25 conversation, especially moving forward when we're going to see a 12-team playoff in 2024 and, and ongoing. The top 12 teams, I would imagine next season, will have a great bowl game track record because the regular season, as important as it is, the results of the regular season don't matter if you can't win in the postseason, right? So we've seen a couple of heartbreaking Rose Bowl losses. Uh, the Alamo Bowl in 2019, you know, there's a game that not a lot of guys really cared about after we did not get into the playoffs in 2019. But this game against Northwestern, we just simply should have found a way to pull it off. And that didn't happen. But again, some some sparks to hold on to. You know, the defense looked good. Makai Bernard looked good. The offense is there. And I keep saying this and I keep stressing this because it's the truth. We saw we saw new plays being thrown into the mix, new packages, uh, different run reads. You know, it's there. Now all it takes is getting Cam Rising healthy and getting him back into the huddle to lead those guys down the field because that's what he does. And when Cam Rising is in that huddle leading that Utah offense down the field, good things happen. So nevertheless, we can all sit here and enjoy our holidays. I hope everyone is having a Merry Christmas I hope everyone had a great Christmas Eve and everyone has a good New Year's. We'll sit here and we'll enjoy these holidays and I'm sure some heated conversations will arise amongst Utah football families. But nevertheless, let's just continue to look forward to 24 because next season is going to be one of endless opportunities and and big time potential. So 8-5 and five is definitely not where we expected to be. At the beginning of this season, that's, you know, as simply put as it can be, we did not expect to lose five football games in 2023 in the last season of the Pac-12. But things happen. It's sports. At the end of the day, you got to stay optimistic and you got to find silver linings in your team and you got to stay positive because the more positivity we feed into this team and the more support we continue to show, the more energized they'll be and the more excited they will be to go into 24 uh, with with what is it, what's the saying uh clear eyes full hearts can't lose hopefully that's the motto and the mindset going into next year because we are going to need it we're going to need it bad the team's going to need it the coaching staff is going to need it the national brand is going to need it and us as utah football fans are going to simply need better results next year now i want to spend some time talking about utah men's basketball the running Utes, as it stands, are 9-2, and two, which is a very promising start to the season. In the most recent matchup versus Bellarmine, the Utes absolutely dominated. I mean, an absolute obliteration from the Utes against Bellarmine. Uh, the final score, 85-43, to 43, a 42-point victory going into conference play 
should have these guys energized. This Utah men's basketball team looks the most fluid and it looks to have the most jive and connection that we've seen out of a uh, out of a team in in years past, right? We we we're seeing a very well-oiled machine that Craig Smith has crafted over the last few years, right? We still got some of those Utah State transfers on the roster and Raleigh Wooster. I guess that's the only one, <laughs> but we we have Raleigh Wooster still sticking around, leading the team at the point position. Uh, Gabe Madsen shooting really well. I think we're seeing you know a lot of guys really stepping up. We're seeing guys like Kabakeda making great plays, very athletic plays. We're seeing guys like Lawson Lovering playing almost just as well as Brandon Carlson. Right, he might not have the three point range, but He's playing just as well as Brandon Carlson at the center position. Brandon Carlson is playing extremely well. Still the team's leading scorer, making shots from three, not hesitating to pull up from the top of the arch in fast breaks. And then you've got certain sparks like Davon Smith, who hadn't played a game until that Utah Valley matchup on December 16th. Davon was awaiting NCAA clearance. And uh, finally got cleared for that Utah Valley matchup. When he got into the game in that first quarter, uh, I was actually in the crowd. And the Utah basketball community gave him an extremely warm welcome. Everyone was very excited to see Davon Smith get into the game and see what he had to bring to the table. Right? Pretty big transfer. Uh, and, uh, and a guy with a pretty big brand that he's built around him. So I think the Utah fans were extremely excited to see what he could do. And sure enough, he came in and started making plays. He looked very comfortable out there. Uh, hadn't played a game since last winter. And uh, stepped right in and, and, was, and was passing the rock around very well. Uh, couldn't, hasn't quite been able to find his shooting rhythm yet, but, but has been <laughs> the, the upside to Davon Smith looks outstanding, right? Super athletic guy really good at passing the rock. And uh, of course, in that Bellamy matchup, once we started to really run the score up, we saw Hunter Erickson on the fast break steal, drive down the court, lob one off the glass, Dave on with the powerful finish, really energized that crowd, really energized that team. And I think that moment right there was really that welcome to Salt Lake moment for Dave on Smith. So this team looks well-oiled. They look ready to go into this last season of Pac-12 play. But there are still a couple of things that we might have to be a little cautious about, right? Seems as though it takes this team about a quarter or two to really start to get in that rhythm. Um, we've seen some slow starts. We've seen a lot of early leads by the opponents. Uh, it seems like we've had a we've had a pretty rough time finding early leads. But nevertheless, nine out of the last eleven games, we've found ways to get it done, which is. Really, that's the most important thing going into Pac-12 play. We need to be able to finish games. We need to be able to make shots late. And uh, we have we've saw that, obviously, against Bellarmine. It's really easy once you have a 40-point lead built up to move the ball well and to, and to dish it to all the guys out there on the court. But that's something that we have to do from the start and we have to finish with because uh, the more guys that get the ball in their hands on this roster – and can get comfortable shooting and can get comfortable driving and, and passing out, passing around, the better. And we've seen that. And we see a lot of guys get open, right, in the corners, at the top, at the post. K. 
Okay, Makeda getting open at the free throw line and pulling up, hitting some of those. Lawson Lovering hitting those mid-rangers. It looks good. It looks promising. We're going to face up against Washington State and Washington, both at home Friday and Sunday, December 29th and 31st. And those are going to be two very exciting matchups to open league play. Washington State sits at fourth in the Pac-12 at 9-2. and two. And Washington sits at fifth in the Pac-12 at 8-3. and three. Washington in their first game of this season also handled Bellarmine by about 34 points, if I remember correctly. But they also have a couple of big wins under their belts. They beat Xavier, which we know is a uh, March Madness contender every year. They lost to San Diego State, who was in that championship game last year, but only by three points. High-scoring game, 197. And Washington also took down Gonzaga by five points, who's ranked 15. And, of course, they've beat, uh, you know, a couple other teams, you know, some preseason games that maybe aren't as strong. But uh, Washington and Washington State are fourth and fifth in the Pac-12, both similar records, similar-looking teams as far as strength of roster, uh, depth, and and uh, and chemistry. But our running Utes. Heading in to the final season of Pac-12 men's basketball, our third in the Pac-12. So that's promising. If we can start this Pac-12 play with two big wins at home against both Washington schools, there is nothing stopping the running Utes from making a run and making it to March Madness. Following the Washington series, we are going to take on the Arizona schools both away games, Arizona State, very winnable game. And then, of course, on Saturday, January 6th, the Utes take on the number four ranked Arizona Wildcats, which I think is going to be the first really big test this season. That matchup versus the Wildcats will be a defining moment for the running Utes. How can you play on the road? How can you play against big teams, powerful teams, top-ranked teams that will be in March Madness. Uh, I mean, I just simply don't see a way that Arizona isn't in, in, in the playoffs in March. And if we can get that done, remember, just as we did last year when Arizona was also ranked number four, then that's big. That's promising. That looks really good to that selection committee come March. So a big test on the road for Arizona and Arizona State. And then, of course, we start to get further into Pac-12 play against UCLA, who does not look good by any means this year. UCLA has a losing record going into Pac-12 play, which is uncharacteristic of their uh, of that program. Mick Cronin usually does a very good job year in and year out of making sure his team is stacked, has uh, has a deep bench, and guys who can make shots and uh, and get games won, but we are not really seeing a very good UCLA team this year. So, so hopefully we can get it done at home against UCLA on January 11th. And then if we have some big wins under our belt, again, the two wins at home, hopefully against the Washington schools, hopefully at least one out of the two road games versus the Arizona schools, and then we get into UCLA, Stanford, the Oregon schools finishing out, you know, playing again, the Washington schools, and then we get Colorado 
who uh, should have an interesting team this year, right? We've, we've seen the Dion effect take over most programs over at Colorado. So we'll see how their men's basketball team looks come February. Then, of course, we've got the Arizona schools again at home. We'll see if Arizona still is highly ranked as they are now. And then, of course, USC, UCLA. I'm just rambling off our schedule here. Uh, but we're going to finish Pac-12 play against the Oregon schools, who usually have pretty solid rosters year in and year out. So if we, if all goes well all throughout Pac-12 play, I truthfully do think that the running Utes are heading to March Madness, which would be electric for the fan base, for the school, for the brand, uh, and, of course, entering into the basketball conference next year in the Big 12 historically known as the basketball conference and the running Utes not necessarily known as the biggest basketball brand, but if we can make a run and we can close out on the final season of PAC 12 play in a big way and we can, and we can end with a bunch of wins and get there in March, hopefully make a tournament run as long as all of our guys stay healthy and stay hungry and have their sights set on a really big tournament run then that's really big for our brand next year, right? The transfer portal doesn't just affect football. It bleeds into the other sports as well. I think we're going to see a lot of transfers coming in to the Utah basketball program if we can end the season how we hope to. Uh, Guys who want to be going up against schools like Kansas, you name it in the Big 12, it's got a good basketball program. So this really this season is a huge opportunity for Craig Smith and the rest of the Utah fan base to make a statement, remind everybody that that Utah athletics culture does spread amongst all of the programs, not just football, and let the big and let the Big 12 know next year that hey, we're here to play. We can get it done. We can win games and we can be a presence. So I had to touch on Utah basketball because everyone should be paying attention. As Utah fans, it's our duty to show support and show some love at the Huntsman Center. Get out to these home games, cheer loud, and make these guys know that, hey, we're here behind you. We see what you're doing. We believe in you, right? Believe in Utes. It's the name of the game these days. You got to believe in them. You got to believe in all these programs. Uh, but nevertheless, we should be showing up to games. We should be we should be watching the away games on TV you know, of course, there's Pac-12 network is almost impossible to get your hands on. But if you if you have it, tune in. If not, find a way to listen to it on the radio or something. But just let this Utah basketball team know that we're behind them. We're rooting for them, and we want to see a big run in the tournament in March. Tough game against Northwestern. It's okay. We'll be back. Utah football will be good, as good as ever next year. You got to believe in that. Let's support men's basketball while we can. Really exciting stuff going on over there. Same with women's basketball. Obviously, uh, if you can't tell, I don't follow women's basketball as closely. I need to because we still have Alyssa Peely and some other players who are who are big-time playmakers over there. Um, so uh, all of these teams are looking really promising. And let's continue to be big Utah fans. That's all for me. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Enjoy some downtime from football, and let's get excited for next season and cheer on those Utes loudly as they take on Washington State and Washington here next weekend. As always, thank you very much for tuning in to Believe in Utes with Jake Popoff. I'll talk to you all soon. 
Take it easy. Go Utes and happy holidays.